When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi everyone, Sandman here. Today's video is brought to you by a donation from Steve. He sent me some money as a thank you for producing my videos on my channel, and I thought I'd dedicate this video to him. Anyways, let me get to it. A few days ago it dawned on me that it's possible for a man to be in a relationship with a woman where the guy has been completely rejected both emotionally and physically, and the man has basically been reduced down to his utility value. So effectively, it's possible for a woman to completely reject a man for almost everything except for the value of his utility. And at the same time, if you talk to older men about rejecting wives or common-law partners they no longer want to be with, they often say it's cheaper to keep her, which essentially means it's cheaper for a man to be with a woman that's not giving him sex, intimacy, and emotional closeness than to divorce her. So she rejects him, and in many cases the man will subsequently reject the woman because she is no longer interested in anything else but his utility value. All of that is straightforward and easy to follow, but I think it's important to look into this a little bit further. We all know according to statistics that divorce is about 50% of the population, but what the statistics don't give us is how many people are miserable in their marriages and refuse to get divorced. We also often see divorce laws as a way to enrich women, while at the same time impoverishing men. And as MGTOWs, this is one of the big red flags that makes many of us go our own way. But what most of us don't see is that most men and women stay together in unhappy marriages because of money and status. And I often wonder what the divorce statistics would look like if people were making more money and it was still possible to support a family on a single income. I suspect that the divorce rate would be approaching 90%. And we know that of the 50% of divorces, 70% of those are initiated by women. In a society where money would not be an issue, I would often think that women would probably initiate 80 to 90% of all divorces. Some women, after all, are content to stay with a husband they no longer love and respect because it's easier than going through the process of divorce and letting down their family and friends and risking a lower lifestyle. And I'm sure that many of them think it's easier to reject their partner while still being in a relationship with them at the same time. We often hear about divorce courts as a way the system is taking advantage of men by stripping them of their assets as well as children. But what if the divorce courts are also acting like a deterrent in many cases to keep men bending over backwards for women and still being married to them? Like I said, if a single parent household could afford to pay for things like they did in the 1950s and 1960s, there will be a lot more divorced women in our society. And I get the sneaky suspicion that the state imposes draconian measures on divorced men to ensure that the rest of men fall in line and decide that it's actually a lot cheaper to keep her. Well, that's my theory anyways. I also believe that it's a natural part about being human for both men and women to reject their partners at some point in their lives. And I think it's only been the last 40 to 50 years since people have had the material abundance and time to think about those issues that underneath it all, men reject most women, and women reject most men, and there's simply nothing we can do about it. Anniversaries and birthdays are some kind of sadistic way for people to be happy about their subjugation, and or to celebrate that they are one year closer to their own destruction and death. 
If I was an alien species looking at humans, I would think to myself, why is this species celebrating its own masochism and emotional pain? And the only rational reason that they are doing this has to do with emotions, which inherently are irrational. There is basically nothing Spock-like or logical about our human behavior by celebrating the passage of time. It's just another year, yet we celebrate it like it has some greater purpose or meaning. In reality, there is no meaning. Birthdays and anniversaries are not days of celebration, but days of payment. A payment for human value and for being human. I believe that that's what it's all about. The same situation happened in the past when men retired at the age of 65 from corporations and factories. They were often told by their bosses and foremen to go off and enjoy the rest of their lives. And they were basically handed a gold watch. It's like the gold watch is supposed to make up for the lifetime of being a male utility to the state or to the corporation. And the idea of handing a man jewelry is an insult because it tells him that he's obsolete as a man. It's almost like when a man buys a wife an anniversary present, i.e. jewelry, he's telling her, yet another year has gone by and your sexual value has diminished because we've done another rotation around the sun. So here you go, here's a nice ring, or a necklace, or a watch to make you feel better about your diminished sexual market value. And because in the past these types of items were made with precious metals, men were literally replacing women's lost market value each and every year with materials that never seemed to lose their value. That's why jewelry is mostly made of precious metals and diamonds. Gold doesn't tarnish or lose its luster with time, but a golden vagina does. So the gold around a woman's neck is supposed to replace the youth and vitality that she lost by getting older and older each and every single year. I'm guessing the idea is that, in the past, when a woman entered her old age, she would have enough jewelry to pay for her expenses after her husband was dead and buried. You see, when a man buys a woman jewelry, he's purchasing her acceptance for giving up the last year of her life to him. In many cases, if he doesn't pay the way she or society accepts in a socially acceptable way, then he will be shamed back into compliance. In this sense, men are being trained to be punished or rewarded like dogs. We are being given a choice as men to be either utilities and have a woman who temporarily loves us, or we can boycott the bullshit and go our own way. Why should men support the diamond business, or Tiffany & Company and their jewelry racket? But it goes further than that. When men purchase lingerie and makeup for women, they're buying the very weapons women use against men to control them. It's a form of poetic justice. And I, for one, refuse to purchase things for women so that they can take my wealth and use it against me in order to control me. That's one of the reasons that I go my own way and tend to refuse these annual festivities with regards to birthdays and anniversaries in the past. I still tend to celebrate my parents' birthdays, but I don't really do anything else for my own birthday or for any of my friends' birthdays. Most of us understand that it's complete bullshit. Anyways, going back to the idea that women reject men, it seems to me that women don't reject male utility. Instead, they more often than not reject male sexuality. Most men, however, don't typically reject female sexuality unless she's way too old for them, usually past her late 40s or early 50s in some cases. So if a woman doesn't have gold and jewels hanging around her neck or a big house by the time she turns 60, then her sexual value was rejected by the men that she selected in her life, and her life is seen as a failure by other women. The way I see it, at least the men and women that end unhappy relationships are saying, in some cases, that their own mental health is more important than money and a comfortable life. But what does that say about female nature if they are the ones doing most of the rejecting, most of the time, and they find it hard to find men that are also not worth rejecting? 
Luckily or unluckily for me, in my life I've been the one that's done most of the rejecting of women. Looking at it now, I think that most of it has to do with the fact that I had high financial status, high intelligence, as well as physical appearance and attractiveness. I can't deny that I've had a lot of things going for me in my life. I was molding myself into a man that a woman wanted on the outside. But women were mostly talking about my inner parts, and they were rejecting them. They rejected my inner self because I was a free thinker and hard to control and manipulate sexually. But emotionally, I was a sap, and most women tried to get to my heart to control me from there. The red pill, however, allowed me to see what they were doing and why they were doing it. So it allowed me to free myself from their manipulation. Women that are still interested in me sense weakness in my desire to want to be loved and to love. And this is my Achilles heel, and I'm learning to cope with it. I'm also finding that when women realize that they can't manipulate my heart very easily, they try harder and harder until they realize it's futile and reject me, but still call me to keep tabs on me to see what's new in my life. Pursuing women was always considered a chore for me, and now that they pursue me, it seems like when I reject them, they can't take no for an answer and keep coming back and trying to manipulate me. Feminists tell men that if a woman is not interested in you, then no means no. As MGTOWs, we should be telling women that no means no when it comes to women wanting to pursue a relationship with us. Women say that men should respect the boundaries that women set up for men. Yet it seems perfectly acceptable for women not to accept the boundaries that men set for them. Anyways, that's about all I've got to say on female rejection. Originally when I started videos or podcasts, or whatever you want to call it, I wanted to have a woman on here that doesn't sugarcoat things and calls out both men and women on their bullshit which is what I'm thinking many men in the MGTOW movement, as well as the supposed women going their own way, need. I'm trying to get a specific woman on here that I believe would actually be helpful to MGTOWs because she doesn't care for male attention. At least that's the way I see it, and she's helped me in many low points in my life without wanting anything back in return. She comes across as a bucket of cold water whenever I need it and truly doesn't give a shit about calling people out on theirs. And that includes both males and females. What does everyone think of the idea of bringing her on here and having conversations with her from time to time? Would you guys find any kind of value in it? Or should I just keep her away from MGTOW as well as my channel? Let me know. With that, I want to thank everyone for taking their daily dose of red pills. So enjoy the rest of your day, and cheers.